archetypes crossed my path about a year ago. Uh, I started doing some shadow work on myself and archetypes were the kind of foundation for um, working on my shadow and finding what was imbalanced in me. Uh, this is still a subject that I'm really new at and um, desiring more information. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I have um, Sierra and Abby on from I Am Alliance. Um, these two ladies are out of Spokane. Um, they do beautiful work, um, hold retreats. Uh, they're both sound bath practitioners and just amazing, amazing knowledge comes from these two women. Um, so today we're going to talk about the masculine and the feminine archetypes how those uh, can be imbalanced and balanced, um, as well as how that kind of works into our subconscious. So I'm really excited about the conversation today. I hope you get something out of it. We'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to our show. Uh, today I'm talking with uh, Ciara Kose and Abby Buckenberger from I Am Alliance. And I was introduced to these young ladies uh, virtually by another guest that I've had on a couple times, Hannah Talbot. Um, I adore Hannah. She's, like I said, she's like a sister to me. I've, uh, I've shared so much space and knowledge and love with that woman. And so when she said, hey, these are the ladies you want to talk to about archetypes and just the journey that they have, the experience that they're, they're giving to their, their guests, their clients, the help they're offering to this world. It's like, uh, okay, cool. Sign me up. Don't even need to meet them first. Let's do this. <laughs> so, honored. Um, so thank you for being with me. I, I deeply appreciate you sharing your time and your knowledge. I know you have a just so much going on. You're getting ready for Costa Rica, which I'm super jealous of. My girlfriend just got oh. back from Costa Rica. I wasn't able to go because oh. we're moving. And uh, every day she sent me videos of monkeys. <gasps> Well, we can't wait for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she sent me a video one day. They were uh, paddle boarding in a mangrove. Which first off, I'm like, okay, get out of my Disney head. And then uh, and then she sent me this video of all these spider monkeys flying across things, you know, playing, throwing That's stuff amazing. at them. Like, wow. Oh I'm in the God. I'm in the wrong part of the world right now. Yeah, that's how we've been doing for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't we start off by uh, just talking about y'all? So where where did you guys or you two meet? How did I Am Alliance form? You know, what's the basis of what's going on with y'all? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we met in a garage gym in a very different place mentally than we are now. Uh-huh. Um, and three years ago, four years ago, four years ago. Okay. And I was still in college. I was studying design and beginning my um, spiritual journey. Mm. I was a staunch atheist my whole life. <laughs> and a, um, a tough breakup is what opened my eyes to everything mm. that was always around me. And I was tasked with branding myself in my program and I couldn't come up with anything because I had just started this journey. I had no idea who I was and I was not going to box myself in Hmm. anymore. And so long story short, my professor helped me and was like, well, just start playing with your initials. My middle name's May. So I was playing A, M, B. And I I just hated the form of B. So I was playing with A and M and Uh then I was journaling one night and I looked down at my journal and it was just a list of affirmations. I'm brave. I'm worthy. I'm powerful. Hmm. And I was like, this is it. (laughs) This is the brand. (laughs) Like I can be anything. I don't have to be just one thing. I don't have to title myself as just a designer or just an athlete or just a scholar. Hmm. And so it was really, really um, a pivotal moment in my, in discovering my own self worth that created the brand. And 
we started out as just that brand selling t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, people would choose their affirmation. I would print our little logo. I am in whatever your word was. And shortly after that um, concept came to life, Sierra and I went to, we hosted our first retreat mm. and I got a hold of Sierra and just knew that she had to be there um, to help lead. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and we had only known each other for maybe months. three months okay. at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was a surprising phone call to say mm. the least. Uh, and we ended up driving together to the coast, seven plus mm. hour drive. Um, and on our way back was when we, after such an incredible weekend together, we knew we had to partner. Mm. So since then I am has evolved into so much more than just t-shirts. Um, now we are just on a mission spreading this empowerment, um, and level of self love and awareness to as many people as we can. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we first met, I had just lost, well, about a year before I had just lost my job and I was laid off from a corporate position that I had had for over 10 years and opened a personal training center Mm. and everything in my mind. I mean, spiritually, totally different place. I had started this journey of like, it started with this thought, like nobody puts baby in the corner. And I felt like (laughs) if I would have stayed in that job, it literally was like all of God and source saying like, if I don't kick you out of here, you're going to rot in the corner. Uh (laughs) So when we met, I mean, I was just so open and so prepared for so many changes, Mm. not prepared for what was about to happen, (laughs) but ready for a change for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, you know, I think most of our big moments of change and opportunity in life come from those moments of pain and suffering. So like you were saying, Abby with a breakup, Sierra with corporate job. Um, so I th- there's so many opportunities for us to look at our lives differently when we have those moments of clarity and good for y'all for finding that and, and chasing that dream. Um, uh, you know, it's very funny cause I, my, my personal story kind of follows both of yours. I, my spiritual journey, uh, started after a big breakup. Um, you know, I was very, very staunch atheist, did not believe in anything that was bigger than me and anything out there. Thought I was just going to go in the ground and, and rot. Didn't yeah. even care one way or the other, you know? Totally. Um, and then also, Sierra, I had a corporate job. I worked in corporate wow. restaurants for 20 years. I built teams, took teams apart, hired and fired people, wow. found, quote unquote, safe ways to get people drunker, you know? And all these uh, things, you know, that, you know, to push the dollar, to, to, to maximize profits, that, you know you can, you can live that life and you can find peace in that. And I'm not saying you can't be spiritual and have a life like that, but for myself, like I had to, I had to divorce myself from that life to find the life that was meant for me. And, uh, yeah, in those, those beautiful moments, those tumultuous times that give us the most growth and opportunity to find ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely all happened for us. Good. For sure. Definitely. You know, I would love the idea for me to find my biggest growth moments on the beach with my feet in the sand looking at the waves, but that doesn't happen. That's when I embrace the growth I've had, right? But when your face is being dragged in the dirt by the hair and you're faced over those damn bumps and bruises, it's like, that's when the, that's when the growth happens. Yeah. Yeah. The trials and shadows lead us. Oh, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) All the time. 
Well, I'm glad y'all found each other and, uh, and found, uh, the path to, to, to helping humanity, you know, in whatever iteration that is, you know, that's where y'all are at now to where you're growing towards, you know, all the people that you're helping in between is, is such a beautiful path and yeah. helping yourselves too, you know, yes. oh, yeah. and that's yeah, we are healing every step of the way mm, that's what's yeah, up. We believe it through teaching. Yeah. This help us more. Definitely. You know, when we can, when we can share the knowledge that we have, it seats it deeper inside of us when we can become the teachers of the knowledge that we own, you know, yes. then that's, you know, cause it's not own. I shouldn't say that word, the, the knowledge that we've been gifted. Um, yes. we can share that. And then that deepens that understanding that oh, we have. Yeah. Oh, love that. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk about some archetypes. Um, I, like I said, like, this is a new topic for me. I know the, um, the names of, I understand parts of the vocabulary, you know, mm-hmm. um, I understand there's shadow sides, there's balance sides. Um, I actually, so last week I had a gentleman on, uh, named Ian who does a lot of men's work. He's been doing men's work since he was a child and, uh, right. I'm like, God, man, I didn't find that. I'm 40 years old. Just found that he was doing it since he's 10. And you can, you can tell, you can tell, like when you talk to people that have been doing work for a long time, like the way they hold space, the vocabulary they use, it's non-threatening. It's very inviting. It's like, I just want to hug you all the time, Ian. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, when we were, we, we brushed over a, a bit of an archetype idea and I used the word toxic. And which is, you know, vocabulary I hear a lot. And when we're talking about archetypes and, um, and he actually said, okay, let's not use that word because when we use the word toxic in our brains, toxic is something that we can't fix. Toxic waste is something we bury, we ship away somewhere else. We get out of our site. We don't put work into fixing it. And so when we use the word toxic, that makes it sound like you're always going to be that person. You're always going to be that toxic warrior, that toxic male masculinity, that whatever it is, and there's no coming back from it. And so that imbalance, the shadow vocabulary is a lot. That that was a really big step for me to hear him talk to me about that to, to, because it almost gives us permission to like, we're gonna, we're gonna become imbalanced at times. But it's up to our consciousness to understand that and bring us back. Yes. And that's why we love the scope and the lens of the archetypes so much is because we've been training them our whole lives subconsciously. And it's just a way to illuminate what we've been reiterating in our minds. So the shadows are just another lens to look at. Okay. I've been operating in a really domineering huntress or warrior because Mm. I'm afraid of losing control or being out of control right so it's just another way to to look at those inner shadows and we find them really really helpful and powerful because even if somebody is has never heard of the archetypes once we start talking about them it unlocks something right oh i do have an inner priestess Mm -hmm. or a magician i feel that when i when i hear the pain or when i know something's going to happen before it happens Mm. i've resonate. So they're really just powerful tools to begin to look at your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And learning the tool consciously, knowing that you have this new information, this new knowledge that you've always known, Mm -hmm. uh, but now you have this connection to, and you can really start to lean into that in these shadow states. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the subconscious piece was something that, that, um, made a lot of sense once it was told to me, but I never Mm -hmm. put that part together with it. And, uh, the subconscious side that, you know, that really, that really spoke to me, um, you know, with the idea of, you know, like we're, we're all beings that are made from ethereal stardust and like bits and pieces of this and that, like part of my water might've been in a whale's belly at one point in time, thousands and millions of years ago. 
you know, so you have this ancestral DNA, this ancestral stuff that comes with our DNA, right? With the cells that are built within us. And, and there's a lot of this subconscious stuff that's built in, right? Like we're all this innately afraid of snakes, innately afraid of spiders, innately afraid Uh of darkness, because that was the stuff that we were exposed to when we didn't have protection. And, and so the, the idea that these, these stories, these archetypes are also subconscious, because just like you said, Abby, when, when we start talking about them to people that might not understand it, they're like, oh, I do have, oh, I do recognize that. So that's that, that another layer of this, this ancestral story that's been passed down lineage lineage, lineage, lineage that we yeah. don't even realize, but we embrace, you know, yes. it's, it's so beautiful to, to just like feel that. And empowering. Yes. So it's like, I do know, I don't have to know cognitively or study for years to know this information mm-hmm. because once it's spoken and you hear it and you, it resonates, that's a deeper knowing than any textbook could ever give you. Yeah. So it's, it really does anchor it in, in a different way. Yeah. And that radical awareness gives you, again, that empowerment. I mean, it really just creates this like full embodiment of like, okay, yeah, I do embrace all of these things. And even the shadow side of all of these archetypes, you know, these characteristics that you start to learn about yourself that you're like, okay, I see where that's coming from. And like you say, Adam, with the lineage and everything, like this isn't from this body in this time, mm-hmm. but I do experience this and I do feel this. And I, I have this awareness now to help shift and support this journey there's the shadows develop through the the fears the innate fears that we are passed down with or experienced from childhood so right there's a i think we both listen to this gentleman i think hannah was telling me that do you guys listen to aubrey marcus Oh yeah. Right. So I just, I get so much, so much information from that guy and the guests that he has on. I really appreciate his podcast so much. And, uh, there's a, there's a word that he uses quite a bit and, uh, you, you guys probably heard it, but it's the knowing with a capital G, right. You know, and it's play off the word gnosis, that internal knowing that intrinsic knowledge that we have, that we don't care to explain. We just, we just feel it and we understand it. And that knowing, like you were talking about, that's that same thing. Like, I don't care if you don't believe what I understand, but I I know it so deeply within me that I'm cool with that. Like it just, mm-hmm. it, it's intrinsic within the human being that I am. Yes. And I, and I hope that you find it, but you know, if you um, don't, that's not something that concerns me because like you just yeah. know, right? Yes. And they have their path and will be shown in whatever so, way speaks to them. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be the archetypes or us. No. <laughs> and I think that's the loving awareness that once we start to learn all that within ourselves, that mm. we can really embrace you know, another conversation or another human being, wherever they're at and meet them where they're at in their path. Yes. Because of that passion. Yes. And And trust that everyone will be shown exactly when they're ready. Right. (laughs) And Sierra, that, that message is such an important message at this point in time in our lives in this, you know, the atmosphere that we live in, there's so much polarity, there's so much uh, opportunity for divisiveness, you know? And I think one of the biggest messages that I've gotten from these past few years, not, not like side versus side, me versus you mask, blah, blah, whatever. I don't fucking care. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's the ability to disagree and still respect somebody. Yeah. We don't just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I don't like you as a human being or that I'm against no. you and your family. And we've I think in the West we've really come to to embrace that as a reality. Like you agree with me, cool, we're friends. If you don't agree with me, get fucked. It's like no. And look at how telling that is of a dysregulated nervous system. Oh like we perceive threat so quickly now mm. that it is separation and distance mm-hmm. that we oh, think keeps us safe. 
Every from this person. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe. Yep. Which is also so many of the shadow sides of archetypes that we talk about mm. all day long. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Well, let's dive into them. them. Yeah. 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 Um, do you want to start with the uh, the feminine archetypes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, have to, I have a question real quick before we get into feminine and male archetypes, masculine archetypes, I should say. Um, are they specific to, uh, and I don't want to use the word gender because we have so much difference with he, she, they, them, you know, like there's not gender specific things now, yeah. but are there balances? Like, do I embrace and embody feminine archetypes as well as masculine archetypes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Every, yeah. So we're... Another lens that we teach this through is um, your two, you have two main energy channels running through your body that weave around your central sashumna, your central energy channel. And okay. it's called the Ia and the Pingala. And one is masculine and one is feminine. So when we speak to the divine archetypes through masculine and feminine lenses, it's all coming from an energetic place. Mm. So every being no matter what their gender is, hold a masculine and a feminine energy inside of themselves that behaves differently dependent on Hmm. its situation. And some of us predominantly operate in in feminine flow and some of us predominantly operate in masculine action. Yeah. And I think I want to add something to that real quick. Hmm. Um, Abby and I, when we first met, we, something that really clicked with us is we both really lived in that masculine state the way we were living out our lives and our relationships, I think is actually how we connected so well Mm -hmm. is because we really saw each other as a mirror Mm -hmm. where we were in our lives, not just physically, but this emotional energetic exchange that we were both living so heavily in our masculine. Yeah. And I guess just to, to break that, those two energies down a little bit further is Mm -hmm. the feminine is, is very associated with feeling and emotion and expression and, um, energy. It's, the feminine is the energy that is brought to the table and the masculine is the depth and the presence. Mm. So being very solid, very grounded, very protective, um, very stable. Okay. The ener- the fem- it holds the container for the feminine to flow and be free. All right. So if our inner masculine is unsafe, feels unsafe, the feminine's not going to come out. No. Because she has no stability in her no life to move. Yeah. So us living in a super mas- hyper-masculine state which one is not an issue only if it's unnatural to you. So we predominantly naturally want to lie in that feminine flow, but we were fighting ourselves so much Mm. to be able to control our food, our workout regimen, our relationships. um, Because at the, at the end of the day, we were scared. Mm. We were afraid and threatened um, subconsciously by all of these things around us. Yeah. Yeah. And learning that these archetypes, I, I think also comes down to like the bottom line of understanding why we are in that state, why we are in that character, why we are in that energy. Mm -hmm. And we start to identify, okay, this is obviously a symptom, uh, why I'm this emotion or why I'm this expression based on whatever trauma I've experienced again in this lifetime or lineage. Mm. So a lot of that energetic energy that we were carrying isn't Mm -hmm. just because of something we naturally wanted to do. It was what our body was doing in fight or flight and to protect us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely wasn't conscious at the time. No. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, man, I think a lot of us live in that unconscious, that that unconscious state. Um, you know, I can honestly say before I started my personal journey, my spiritual journey, I was definitely heavy in the masculine side and just pegged work until I 
until I couldn't see straight, you know, you know, and, you know, and it was all justifiable, right? I did it for my kids. I did it for my family. You know, that's what my dad did. You know, he worked his ass off. So that's my, that was my, my role model. Right. And it wasn't until, you know, you could finally, whatever it was for me, the breakup that I slowed down and stopped and finally looked at myself like, dude, you're fucking miserable, man. What's going on with this life? You still got a long life to live, man. You better figure this out. You know, and that's when we started listening to those voices, the intuition, you know, instead of going to the bar, I went to yoga and then yoga turned to meditation. You know, it's like, all right, cool. Let's find this healthy path. Totally. And your body was like telling you this whole time, like this isn't safe anymore. Like whatever it is that you're doing that you're still telling yourself is not where you want to be. Like your body Mm -hmm. will continue to do that. And we'll either exactly Mm -hmm. uh, fight it or finally at some point have this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And if you're listening, I mean, similar to all three of our stories, this is not uncommon, especially in the West, Mm. because we are a masculine, masculinely dominated society. Um, For hundreds of thousands of years, we have found that action produces Mm. and that, and when we produce, we provide for our families and that is how we stay safe and live and eat and are protected. Mm -hmm. So we, have adopted that belief. It's been unrivaled because we can look back at how many feminine entities had been burned at the stake for, for being connected to their intuition. It was very stifled for, for a long time. Um, and so if you're feeling, if you're listening and you're feeling similar, like, Oh my gosh, I am burnt out. I'm heavy in my masculine and I don't necessarily want to be, um, have no shame about that because our society is really, cultivated that right. woven through um at least the united states values and mm-hmm. so um and that all really aligns with the shadows of these archetypes mm-hmm. um how we predominantly live in if we live in these shadows mm-hmm. that we can correlate it with these actions now how we live mm-hmm. because of the shadows that we are actually expressing and living in every single day yeah, yeah. so just no shame around any of those at all no. because there's a lot of influences at play and for there's no ill intent. Like for the longest time, this was just to keep us safe. It's so valid. Right. You right. don't yeah, feel that. Yeah. Any shame or guilt around that. Right. Yeah. And more ease is coming and you are so deserving of it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think about, I think about that, um, with, uh, I, I correlate that with meditation for me. You know, when I first started meditating, I used to beat myself up when my mind would wander and I'm like, Oh, come on, get back here, yeah. you know? And, uh, but that's what our mind's programmed to do. It's programmed to wander, right? Yeah. If you're living in an unconscious living uh, in an unconscious type of way, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but sometimes it takes a while to find us like, oh shit, I'm not living within my full means. And if you're not living consciously, then you're more susceptible to those triggers and to those, those ideas and just falling victim to them, you know, and it's that same kind of idea. Don't beat yourself up. That's the way the world's designed. That's the way we've, we've designed ourselves to, to stay afloat and to, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to live in this, this fast paced world, you know? So when you notice that, that's your opportunity to write, to correct that right it's every time every time my mind wanders when i'm meditating is an opportunity for me to bring myself back here and not shame myself and not guilt myself because that's the whole thing that we have to fix anyways that's where the trauma comes from right 
you know, mm-hmm. so when we can, we can reparent ourselves and love ourselves and find that understanding of like, Oh, Adam, that little seven-year-old stop thinking about Snickers yeah. and come back to your meditation breath on top of your lip, buddy. Come on. We're good to go. You know? Well, let's, uh, let's dive into the archetypes. Um, so awesome. with, uh, with the feminine archetypes, uh, so we have four that we'll talk about today, the queen lover priestess and the huntress. Yes. Okay. So what, um, so with queen, what does a balanced queen archetype look like? So a balanced queen is someone who leads her queen queendom consciously. Hmm. So some terms that come up for me are, she's very devoted, very regal, very conscious and deliberate in her, um, in her delegation. Hmm. So the queen is leading all the other archetypes to perform in a way that's the most supportive to your truth. And if we have an imbalanced queen or a fearful queen, Hmm. she's going to make decisions um, in an abrupt way, in a really domineering way, or in a really passive way. You can go, there's a scale. You can go super domineering and um, abrasive or super passive. And I'm just going to ignore the chaos that's ensuing in Mm. my um, here because I don't know what to do. Okay. Like a freeze uh, response. So like a imbalanced um, queen archetype, if we want to look at a character, might be the the queen from Alice in Wonderland, the queen of hearts. Absolutely. Gotcha. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, uh, so living in that balance, you know, you are able to see clearly, you're able to delegate clearly, um, Mm -hmm. hold space for folks, right? Um, Absolutely. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. imbalance, what is an imbalanced Oh my gosh. Well, she would just be so indecisive. And again, on all scales, like this aloof kind of dismissive, passive, passive Mm -hmm. and super overbearing though, too, like overprotective, over directive Mm -hmm. over all the things that it's like, kind of like think of the queen that's pointing the fingers and like, well, you're doing that wrong. Or I asked you to do this and how come you're not doing this? Mm-hmm. Punishing. Punishing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely this scale of just like, um, uh, sometimes we say like, you know, are you the partner or the parent? So mm-hmm. if you're going to sit there and parent, you know, mm-hmm. your significant other, right. maybe you can look at your queendom. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And <clears throat> I'm sure we'll get into this with the other archetypes, but oftentimes if you're feeling, um, like if it, if the shadow side resonates with you hmm. and you're like, Oh, I figured it out. It's my queen. My queen is wounded. Everything else is fine. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes if we look a little bit deeper, your queen might not be the one holding the core wound. It might be your lover who is desperately fearful and distrusting of love. And she's crying out for help. And so your feet, your queen has just taken that hurt on and okay, I don't know how to fix this, but I'm going to try. And so getting to the core, whoever's hurt holding that wound is like the, the root of the, the disbelief, the limiting belief or the pain. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's tricky to, to articulate that and to find out which one is, is really um, harboring and hold, clinging to that story. Yeah. And I feel like there's kind of a common denominator in all the archetypes where everything, every archetype is almost paired with another. Mm-hmm. So like Abby just explained, it could be your lover but you're expressing it through this queen expression mm-hmm. of like, okay, well, I'm going to have to protect my, my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I have to do all these things, but really it's this pairing mm-hmm. of this trauma of this shadow or what have you, that's being embodied really in your lover. Mm-hmm. So to understand it more 
And again, back to what Abby said too, like, don't shame yourself or guilt yourself if you're hearing these things and make you think like, oh, I can be really overbearing. And I definitely, you know, parent my partner, <laughs> like we all do that. We've, we all do that. We've all experienced the shadow and, and still, there's still moments where I can see, oh, she's coming out. Yes. She's feeling threatened. Uh-huh. And how do we respond now? And it's, it's really tough in that instant to shift our behavior. Hmm. Um, that's what the practice is for. Right. And that's why the opportunities are showing themselves. Yeah. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, not a perfect, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Right? We tell our yoga students that all the time. It's a yoga practice. Yeah. Get in here and do your best. That's all we ask, you know? Love it. Is yeah. So would you say um, the, the, for the queen archetype is, is, is that not necessarily like there's a ranking scale, but like since the queen archetype is super strong, that yes. person steps up and basically is like the, the protector, the team leader of like, okay, I see this coming. I'm going to hold this. I know this is for the lover, but I'm going to hold on to this pain and let the yeah. lover kind of like move through that and then like hold that space. Let's work on that together. Yeah. Okay. And I feel, yeah, she can be, it really is dependent on whichever archetype makes you feel the safest. Mm. will be the one that you tell you subconsciously you call on yep. to protect. So it could be your, your huntress who you're like, Nope, we're going to fight this mm. instead of, especially Lee. if you live in your masculine, if you are a masculine. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. Um, let's say in a balanced system, yes, the queen is the leader. She's the one calling the shots and, um, consciously making that decision in the moment to shift the narrative. Okay. Yeah. You hear us say queendom. So it's like, when you think of your queendom, you think of the huntress, the lover, mm-hmm. um, and all of, all of your archetypes underneath that, that, you know, you want to control and, um, protect. Right on. Okay. All right. So, uh, queen, um, where do you want to go from there? Let's go to lover since we're talking about Perfect. Her. Yeah. Okay. What does a balanced lover look like? Well, I think that there's the first word I think of is harmony. I Mm. always think of the lover and harmony, um, not necessarily balance, but trying to bring harmony to all the emotions and like making sure that everyone feels good and that it feels good around you and that you feel good about everything that you're doing. Um, definitely sensual is another one that comes up that there's this harmony also with all the intimate relations that we have. Mm um, sensual and Mm non-sensual. Uh, and I just think that again, harmony is like the number one underline that you just feel like everything feels good. It's, it's definitely that expression of feeling Mm -hmm. everything in your emotions and openness through those emotions, because Mm -hmm. the number one way to block your lover or to get into that shadow archetype of the lover is to not open, to close yourself off and to hold all of those feelings and those emotions that you're experiencing that are true and are very valid inside because we don't want to share or express. Hmm. And especially both for the masculine and the feminine, I feel like the masculine oftentimes um, struggles a little bit more with the, ex- the verbal expression yes. and processing mm-hmm. just because it hasn't been normalized. Right. Um, we taught, we, joke all the time with our partners that we could just gab away for hours and hours on end about every last emotion and feeling we're having. Um, but it's because that's where the feminine wants to be and especially the lover. Mm. So 
the, yeah, getting, uh, closing that channel off is, is a really quick way to get into the, um, shadow side. Absolutely. Yeah. That brings up to me. Um, I was, there, there's a book I read not too long ago, um, how to do the work. It's uh, Nicole LaPera. Great. She's, uh, I love this woman. She's very, very heavy on Instagram. I can't remember her handle off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the show notes. But she's just does amazing work for psychiatry and just holistic psychiatry. Um, And she, in that that book, she talks about um, how one of the most, in her opinion, uh, one of the most balanced emotional states we can be in is when we're a toddler. And so when you start talking about the, the lover and that balanced emotions, you know, and it's not like if we just say that without context to it, it's like, what the hell does that mean? Toddlers throw tantrums, they run around, they're crying, they're, you know, but that's it. That's exactly it. They live that emotion that they experience right there then and there. They're not pushing it aside. They're not like, oh, dad's not ready for me to throw this tantrum. It's like, oh, you know what? I didn't get that Oreo. Get ready for this tantrum, buddy. You know, and so like, you know, and, and so, but you know exactly how that toddler feels at every single point in their life because they're not trying to filter. They're not trying to shelter, you know, they're happy, they're elated, they're running around, they're good. And then they bump their knee and then everything ends for five minutes, you know? And so I, I just, yeah, I just love that idea, you know, and that's, you know, I, I, I love the concept of, you know, the, the few people that, uh, we may have thought have found enlightenment or some kind of like ascension of some sort, you know, like, like Dalai Lama or Gandhi, mother Teresa, you know, these, these beautiful figures in the world, and when you really look at them, when they've quote unquote reached that level of whatever they've, you know, whatever they're at, there's this childlike reverence to them. Everything yeah. is like awe and wonder, like this is beautiful. Every person gets their undivided attention, their emotions are felt, they're experienced. And, uh, and that really, that, that, that makes me think of these beautiful little children that are just yes. un, untouched, undamaged. They're here, they're experienced in the world and it's just beautiful. So yeah. beautiful and so present mm. with everything coming through. Very much so. Yeah, I feel like the lover can be really inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely think that there's, if we were to go into more of the shadow about the lover, mm-hmm. there's this people pleasing that mm-hmm. really starts to happen. There's a lot of clinging, mm-hmm. a lot of like codependency uh, kind of thing that really start to come through. Mm. Yeah. Okay. With the shadow side of the lover. Yeah. Yeah. I see that in myself quite a bit. I saw that in my, my, my past relationships. I was very much a chameleon and the lover was one for me. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, wow, I've been in balance for a long time in that one. <clears throat> didn't love yeah. myself, but didn't, you know, it's one of those things you don't realize it until you realize it and it's your work totally. to do once you realize it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's very, a very common one to be imbalanced in um, because we're so relationally charged we are meant to be in this community with one another and sometimes it's not as easy to Sierra won't throw a tantrum that I can just say oh okay she's upset right now you know it's like it's not that easy and so we're looking at all of our different cues and body language and energy and so it's it can be difficult to perceive and we write those narratives based on those perceptions and those can be false Mm. so undoing them is is a lot of work Yeah. yeah especially if it has anything to do with um people pleasing and codependency. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are really hard ones to detach from because they, those are just so deeply embedded. Right. I mean, you know, we live from our heart from that expression. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm either hurt or <clears throat> not loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm unseen. And, but this is the only way that I'm going to. So I'm going to cling to this right. yeah, and I'm not going to, you know, think of myself first. 
Yep. And on a surface level, unconsciously, you could feel like you're doing everything right because you're pleasing your partner. You're you're eating where the partner wants to eat. You're dressing the way, you're speaking the way, watching the movies, whatever it is, right? And you feel like, oh, cool. This person's Uh happy. I should be happy. But down deep, it's like, man, I am miserable and don't even realize why. And just desperate to be really seen and heard. Mm -hmm. So then we create these scenarios that are subconscious brain says, okay, once they respond the way I want them to respond, then I'll know they really do love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we trick them. We try to. Oh yeah. I mean, we could go down a whole spiral of this with our ego and manipulation. Uh, um, we talk a lot about narcissistic behaviors and, and stuff just because it comes up so naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably a tough word to hear if you're listening to this and feel like you've experienced that or are experiencing it even currently. It's really common. And I think it's just not discussed a whole lot. But the second we start to really uh, share and express all of these um, characteristics of the archetypes, mm-hmm. it really does start to correlate and kind of underline some yes. of these behaviors that <clears throat> we're so afraid to share. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just afraid to share our shadows. Right. Yes. So, yeah. I think you hit something really strong for me, Sierra, is that we just need to normalize hard conversations. Yes. We need to get normal about talking about how our feelings make us feel, how upset we are when we're upset. I mean, to the, to the things that nobody wants to talk about, like abortion or menstrual cycles or, you know, ED, like all these things, like this is just life. Like this is, we're just, we're shy about it. That's normal. Things just happen, right? This is our body. This is our life. Talk about it. Let's normalize this shit. Absolutely. And sharing our stories helps other people feel safe in theirs. Yeah. And that's all we want to do, right? We're raising the collective. We're raising this frequency to make sure everyone feels seen, heard, loved, appreciated, acknowledged, no matter Mm -hmm. bad, ugly, and indifferent. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. All right. (laughs) Priestess. Let's move on to priestess. So what does a balanced, balanced priestess look like? This is one of our favorite. I mean, we say that to every single one of them, but (laughs) I think about priestess Mm -hmm. because she's the magic. Yeah. She's the the intuitive, Hmm. the gnosis with the G, the knowing with the G. Mm -hmm. She's the, the alchemizer of the energies. And, um, there are a lot of ways that our priestess can be shunned or pressed down, um, especially in society or maybe certain religious upbringings um and that's on all all sides of the spectrum having this innate knowing and connection to source is scary for a lot of people who don't feel it Mm -hmm. so when we see that when we perceive that outside of ourselves it's it's easy to detach and say i'm not that i don't have that or be afraid of it when really it's your one of your strongest superpowers um so yeah a balanced priestess is very fluid very intuitive is able to alchemize that energy moment by moment so trusting of herself yes that knowing yes so trusting Mm -hmm. that you know that that brings up a lot like the uh the witch trials back in the day you know yes you have again that ancestral stuff that's in our dna you know and how this entire gender right this entire gender that it's you know it's so interesting i was i can't remember the Actually, you know, it was an Aubrey Marcus podcast. It was Mateus Stefano. I just listened to it yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And Mateus was talking about how um, 
before the wish trials happened, uh, when there were matriarchal societies, a lot of the women, um, they were intuitive and they gathered in groups and they worshiped this, uh, they worshiped the goat because the goat was the, the provider of everything. Like the horn can call everybody to, uh, to dinner, the milk, yeah. f- uh, fed us, it gave us calcium. The meat gave us, gave us, uh, substance. The, the, the skin gave us something that we could either wear or make teepees out of. Right. So we had like this entire animal that we could use, but when the patriarch took over, they had to demonize it. And so they made the goat, the sign of the devil and demonized women for worshiping the devil. And then all of a sudden, like all these intuitive, beautiful human beings that were listening to mother nature, listening to themselves in touch with the world in ways we could never understand were basically demonized and burned. And so now to, to speak to what you're talking about with that imbalanced priestess, that's DNA, right? You uh, you sharing your gifts got you, your ancestors killed in a very violent way not too long ago. So mm-hmm. why, and you know, what's even funnier is I just read something recently, um, and I don't know how true this is. I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know how true this is. But what I read was uh, the reason women don't have pockets in their clothing anymore was because that's what they used to keep all their things in, right? Their, their, their talismans, their wow. stones, their oils, the witchery stuff, right? And so after the Salem Whip trials, women weren't allowed to have pockets anymore because they weren't allowed to hide things on themselves. Yeah. How crazy is that? I know. Good Lord. And I'm a yoga instructor. You know how many times I hear women bitching about not having pockets? I was just going to say it's a huge complaint. And just to, even if that, even if there's an inkling of truth to that story, that just shows how deep some of this systematic, the systemic stuff that we deal with, we don't even realize how deep it goes. Oh my gosh. It hits, hits huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The severity of that is just absolutely blows my mind yeah. <laughs> and makes me think like, and then when we started getting pockets, remember how small they were? Tiny. Little <laughs> jeans. Yeah. We have cell lot. phones the size of this and then we have like pockets that big. Like, I don't understand that. Put a crystal in it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to bring any pun to it. Because... <laughs> oh man. So I would imagine the priestess is a, is a very uh, potentially a lot of imbalance for a lot of people out there because oh, of that yeah. fear, that innate fear yes. that we have. Because mm-hmm. when we start to like disbelieve or tell ourselves that we don't believe those things, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the, the purest part of the shadow, I think, where it's like, I know this, I'm not going to express it though, because I'm afraid, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm fearful of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that disbelief is huge. In the oh, shadow yeah. And the, <clears throat> the operating um, unconsciously, the priestess and the magician, the masculine archetype, holds so much energy because they're so influenced and so sensitive to their surroundings that it can create like chaos magic. Mm. You don't know that you're well, cause this is like influencing yes. energy here. Yes. yes. Or, um, breeding a, a, <clears throat> a really difficult scenario or argument with your partner. Yes. Creating in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then here it is. Here yeah. you go. You, you called for this. Right. <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know that we hold that power. And then the same side, we don't know that we can manifest. We don't understand that we can actually call on the things that we desire because we've never felt the belief it takes to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because we've, we've been told that the only way that you can attain those things is through productivity, working really hard you know, feeling in all of that mm-hmm. hurt masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think when we talk about manifestation, I mean, it really does come from this belief and trusting 
of your magician and your priestess mm -hmm. energy that it's like when you're really in that flow state in that the harmonizing of that uh archetype i mean again you can manifest chaotic energy uh -huh. or subconsciously yeah, yeah totally mm -hmm. subconsciously. all right yeah that's you gotta be careful that's like holding moldavite like somebody yeah. gave me moldavite one time and i'm like no get that away from me i don't i don't know what i'm manifesting right now i'm not controlling this <laughs> get this shit away <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I think when you're feeling really chaotic, I mean, if you're listening and you're like, okay, how do I know if I'm living here in a healthy way or like a harmonious way? Mm -hmm. I mean, when things around you feel chaotic, when you're not really taking the time to sit and like find your center again and just come back home. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's huge for magician and priestess yes. because it is so intuitive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really the deepest part of the, the core of these easy. It should all come so effortlessly because we're that powerful. And if it, if you begin to use that power in a way that is untruthful, it will feel manipulative. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get into relationships where you are tricking your partner, manipulating, manipulating your partner because your priestess is using her magic to find love in the way that you, your brain thinks that you need it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, manipulation is also another side of the coin, the shadow side of the priestess and the magician. Yeah. And I could imagine if you're very understanding of these archetypes, but don't have a good basis for the knowledge, then you can use these to manipulate people pretty Absolutely. well. You know, yes. it's like people that know personality traits really well. They can watch yeah. facial cues and things like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, that can be used for very good and that can be used for very negative things. Yeah. Yeah. When you start to see things manifesting in your day-to-day -day life even like um uh, what's the saying everything comes everything bad comes hits in threes uh -huh. so you stub your toe you hit your head on the cabinet and you lock your keys in your car mm -hmm. and it's like thinking well i thought i woke up on the right side of the bed but like where did this energy come from that i started truly manifesting these negative things to happen to me mm -hmm. is it ask yourself like is it coming from a real place of love yeah like oh you stubbed your toe because you're in a hurry because you felt guilty or you felt whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's this trickle effect of, you yeah. know, how we truly do manifest these things to happen. In our oh, day -to -day yeah. They strong. Yes. Gotta be careful. <laughs> Gotta be careful. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Huntress. Uh, this is the last of the four for women or for the feminine archetypes, I should say. Um, so balanced Huntress, what does a balanced Huntress look like? Well, I love the Huntress. Um, I think we, again, can say that we know the Huntress very, very well. And the shadow side of <laughs> the, the shadow Huntress. side of the Huntress very, very well. Um, very disciplinary, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, living in that sovereign righteousness of your discipline, your discernment, and showing up in true agency for yourself, taking a strong stance in this deep belief and knowing. Um, yeah. And obviously, the protective part of you that wants to come out to say like, whoa, 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 wait, this is really going to like hurt my heart. If I don't stand up for myself here, this is really going to hurt my intuitive knowing if someone's going to like bash me for what it is that I'm sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to come out and show my energy and my true mm -hmm. magic that someone's going to. So the huntress really just puts you in this disciplinary state of you being able to show up in the best agency and discernment for your your truest self. Your truest self. Mm. Yeah. And the protective huntress will want to come out for all of those subconscious fears and yes. and keep you from them. Yeah. In the way she thinks she knows is best. And it usually is not. Mm -hmm. Um, but the balanced huntress is very poised in her 
armor and her stance. Um, she knows very sovereign. Yes, very sovereign. Mm. What is true and and how to protect that in a way that is honoring um, versus perpetuating a negative loop. Okay. All right. For some reason, this makes me think of like the Navi people from uh, Avatar. You know, just like that yeah. that female Absolutely. warrior. You know, just stoic unmovable yeah. like very confident in her in her abilities to yes. to protect herself but also protect everybody around her yes in such an honoring way i mean even hunting and making a kill it's like i'm going to bless and honor this creature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for providing me with life instead of just um, taking advantage of the environment or abusing her power mm-hmm. um yeah beautiful well, yeah honoring. very sporadic in that in those that decision making so it's like um, when you kind of like decide off of a whim without actually truly listening to your truest self, reactive is the shadow. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel uh, the huntress, uh, you know, the, the shadow side of the huntress, I think, you know, and it might be just the the area of the world that we live in right now, just like we were talking about how the the uh, the toxic, not toxic, sorry, shadow side of the queen having to mm-hmm. step up and be more masculine than we need to be. Yes. You know, I think that that huntress, it, it seems like there is a lot more of that on the imbalance side, too, whether it's out of necessity, it's out of just the way that the world has been manifesting in the West, at least, you know, for the past That's couple hundred important. years. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's in it, it. So do some of these become imbalanced out of necessity, you know, like just the, the, the error of the world that we're in. So we need to be a little heavier on this right now. Absolutely. Okay. And I think that heaviness and where we err more on that scale comes from our trauma. It comes from the symptoms that we're living in because we're all going to react based on this scarcity or safety, um, emotional in, intuitive reaction that we have mm-hmm. from patterns and all of these behaviors. So no matter what the, you know, the social climate and um, the state of the world that we're living in, we're all still going to show up in these, mo- in these emotions, whether you know anything about the archetypes or not based purely off of our fears and our, you know, the last yeah yeah yeah. so i think definitely leaning does happen like okay i need to protect my queendom and i don't know my shadows Mm -hmm. of it but that's where they're coming from because that's the trauma i've experienced and those are the symptoms i live in right yeah i would say that the that they all the shadows will present themselves um out of necessity to show you Mm. down the line like they will, the shadows will come out to show you your capacity and to teach you Mm -hmm. what is imbalanced and where your core fears are. Um, those, they are symptoms. They're always going to come up first. The Mm -hmm. shadow wants to come. I mean, the shadow's there because the shadow's following you around and Mm -hmm. saying like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I can teach you better or more Mm -hmm. or show you more, but it's always going to come first because we're so adapted to leading with that fear we're so adapted Mm. to being guided by that because we always want to do what's safe Mm -hmm. and our body and our ego and especially our cognitive mind is going to tell us what is safest for us Mm -hmm. now when we know our truest self and we really do understand that you know the huntress is there to protect and be disciplined and the queen is you know all of these things Mm -hmm. then we can really show up in our truth and say hold up shadow (laughs) like 
no, thank you. It doesn't keep me safe anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like how we expressed what we've experienced to get to this part in our journey mm -hmm. that all three of us, you know, like if it wasn't for this kind of catastrophic experience, mm -hmm. our shadows would have kept, kept continuing to lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I perfectly here for a reason. Yes. You know, exactly. And I, you know, that's, I think that's part of it. You know, it, when we find ourselves in balance, it's, it's showing yourself love to get yourself back into balance and not shaming and guilting yourself for the imbalance, yes. you know, in, in anything in life, whether it's an archetype, whether it's a loved one, um, you know, whatever you're, you're working absolutely. towards. I think that, that, that self shame and guilt is where we really get the trauma triggers, you know? Absolutely. And kind of back to what you said, Adam, like, let's have the hard conversations <laughs> because mm. all of that will just completely disappear for all of us, if we were really truthful with one another and didn't judge and didn't guilt or shame, especially ourselves, mm -hmm. but one another, I mean, to show that unconditional love, unconditional <laughs> love right. between two individuals mm -hmm. is the only thing that's going to get us to this real universal place of peace. Yeah. Ah, that's beautiful. I do agree. I do appreciate that. Uh, well, with the uh, the interest of time, since we're getting close to two o'clock, uh, I don't want to oh don't want to take your time up. Uh, but just uh, I just want to go through the uh, the four male ones real quick, and yes. uh, because you know we talked about there's you know as as human beings we embody both masculine and feminine. Um, so for the masculine archetypes, um, we have the king, lover, warrior, and the magician. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, in, in, in ways, are they very, are they similar to the, the feminine archetypes? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And I would say they, <clears throat> like your king and your queen, you hold both and they want to relate to one another and hold your kingdom or queendom in the best way they can. Hmm. And the, the main difference will be that your masculine archetypes are the depth, the presence, and the stability. Okay. They're the ones that hold that sacred space for the feminine to be able to do use express. her magic and express. Mm -hmm. um, because so the feminine wants to be led by the masculine. Yes, the queen wants so to be bad. led by the king. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So the yeah, the masculine archetypes are the leaders in that. Mm -hmm. um, and the because the the divine feminine is so innately connected to source and mother earth, whatever name you, you prefer, mm. um, the masculine is less so. And so he will lean on her for the knowing. So like the, the King will call the action shots and the, this is what, mm -hmm. uh, we need to do in order to be successful. And he'll lean on his queen to say, just how does this feel? feel? How does this feel? Mm. Is there an imbalance? Is something off? Because she yeah. can sense that people are unhappy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the king wants to invite in that harmony, mm -hmm. right? He, again, is all action. And, but it's also based on coming from the purest place of love. So it's like, well, queen, how does this feel? Mm -hmm. Is this harmonious? Is this, or does this will feel? it be? Will it be? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because the masculine is, is so beautifully present. The feminine is able to like, they're in the future and in this like ethereal space or in living in the past and deciphering and analyzing and the masculine is just here. Mm. Yeah. And so can you help me queen realize what this action will ensue in the mm -hmm. future or priestess or magician? Mm -hmm. Can you help me see further? Abby has a beautiful expression, um, a description of it where the king really is this like focus. It's this narrow um, visionary mm -hmm. and the direct, yeah, very direct. Okay. And the feminine is so 360. I mean, she's so broad and just 
she can see and witness everything. Mm -hmm. And so the two, I mean, the, the marriage and the harmony, the harmony of both is that, you know, like, okay, well, what do you see out here? Mm -hmm. Like, this is where I'm at. Like, what can we bring in to get to the point? Yeah. Faster. Mm. Yeah. So in or skip an obstacle. Okay. So in a, in a, in a truly balanced, um, human being, like say we were balanced in our archetypes, it, it all, it's almost like a council of elders then, huh? So you have like Kings consulting, Queens consulting, lovers consulting magicians. And it's like, Oh, what's the best output for this human being? Let's all work together and figure this out. And there's no secret sauce or formula because we're all so different. And that's what's so beautiful is some people will really be predominantly in their magician and their out their inner alchemist. And some people will be naturally want to be in their lover and that's where their magic is. So mm. yeah, there's no one size fits all. It's, it's coming, really just coming, coming into union. Yep. There you go. So. Do you, uh, last question, do you find um, there's a more standard imbalanced archetype than most? Like, say male archetypes or masculine archetypes, it's the king. If it's feminine archetypes, it's the priestess. You know, do you find there's a commonality of either this one seems to be a balance mostly, this one seems to be totally imbalanced mostly. You know, I just work tricky, well, tricky one. Yeah. I don't know if I can speak for both of us mm-hmm. in this, but um maybe I can when I say universally, like globally, I don't know if there's an answer for that. But what we've experienced, mm-hmm. especially at Sound Baths and our retreats, I definitely think with the masculine, there is an imbalance with the king, Mm. um, mostly that I've seen and witnessed, you know, I mean, we do so much somatic touch and get into people's energies so deeply that it's always this crown. There's always this, um, disconnect. Mm. And of course, like I said before, I always feel that they're paired with another archetype and so I would definitely say for the masculine, it's the king and the lover. That's what I was going to say, the lover. Yeah, that hits home a lot. You know, um, one of the conversations I had not too long ago was about the um, uh, the examples that we have in the world right now. And a lot of the examples of the king archetype is very, very imbalanced. And that's, that's where I started using the word toxic because... Um, you know, a lot of the, um, the, the male, let's say leaders, right. Whether you're a leader of a country, leader of a company, leader of whatever household sometimes, right. It's just, there's this domineering, um, you know, do as I say, I'm the, you know, the holder of knowledge kind of idea. And, um, and it's, it's that it, in a way it's almost celebrated and that's, that's really sad. And, um, you know, so that, that was, I, I agree hundred percent because, you know, for me, it's the king is imbalanced because we're not able to feel the love that we need to feel. And we're not able to embrace and step into that fullness of, I feel my emotions. I, I embrace my emotions. I cry. I, you know, whatever it is, you know, when all we do is go around with this stoic nature and we don't embrace our emotions and what kind of example is that leading for all these children that are around us? You know, myself included, I'm a child at heart, right. You know, and easily influenced. So, you know, if we're all walking around unconscious and Mm -hmm. the, the, the seeming, you know, person that's getting shit done is this, you know, very imbalanced male archetype, then man, that's hard to compete against. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I would have to say for the feminine, um, again, my perspective of just from where we've come from and the work that we've done, Mm -hmm. I would have to say the pairing would be huntress and lover. Mm. I think it's hard to say to not have the lover be part yeah. of it for both feminine and masculine, because 
really, we all just are coming home mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. learning to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, over and over and over, that's mm -hmm. just what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but, and maybe I'm a little biased with the huntress just because that's where I lived for so many years, mm -hmm. but it's just a really common thread with so many women that we've been, you know, in contact with yeah. energetically that they're just so heavily in their masculine. Oh, and yeah. Defensive. Defensive. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a there's a book that I read uh, not too long ago named uh, by a guy named Kam uh, Kamal Ravikant. It's uh, how to love or love yourself like your life depends on it, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's a great book and it talks a lot about Sierra what you were just talking about how we we show we we need to find ways to show love to ourselves, and mm -hmm. one of the practices he has is that when you find yourself guilting or shaming yourself, if you have a mirror, look in the mirror. If not, just stop and close your eyes. But ten times if you can, inhale, tell yourself I love myself. Exhale, say thank you. And just, if you, again, if you could look at yourself in the eyes and tell yourself you love yourself 10 times, that's so moving. Like you seeing, like looking at somebody else in the eyes is moving, but when you can give yourself that time and that space to honor yourself and to see deep inside your humanness. Yes. That feels so good to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful work. It's hard work, but you know, it's, 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 you know, like I have a friend, Robin, that, that says, uh, you know, life's the longest thing we'll ever do. Mm -hmm. might as well do something productive with it. Right. Yes. So find some work to do on yourself, help somebody else out. You know, it's just, we've got so much time in this world to, to do with it as we wish, you know, mm -hmm. I'd love to do something positive with it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. And you are, thank you so much yeah. for bringing us into your space. Uh, truly honored, truly honored. Oh, well, <laughs> I, uh, I desire a longer conversation, so I will be reaching us out to y'all. <laughs> You know, actually, um, I have uh, I have some plans to come up to to come over to Spokane um, and you know help uh, Hannah with the uh, the opening of her new business and maybe do some sound baths down there. Amazing! Um, I would love to hook up with y'all and meet you in person yes. and maybe do an in person interview. We could talk more about sound baths and Incredible. subconscious mind and just get nitty yes. gritties and stuff. Yes. yes. I feel like we could go all day. Awesome. All day. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I don't want to take any more of your time. I know you have so much to do. You're getting ready for Costa Rica. You have so many cool things happening. Um, I, I wish you both the best and the most amazing retreats and the sharings of love and information that y'all have. Um, and thank you very, very much for just taking time out of your busy days to sit with me and, and to educate our guests and educate our, I'm not sorry, our listeners. I really, really deeply appreciate it. Oh, thank Adam, you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was so incredible. Great. Thank you, everybody listening. Perfect. Well, y'all have a beautiful day. We will connect soon. Awesome. You too. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with Abby, Sierra, and myself, the I Am Alliance crew. Um, very, very excited about the content today and uh, also excited to have them back to talk more about um, just life and spirituality. I feel like we can talk forever. Uh, but if you uh, like what we're doing, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating if you feel so inclined, or also leave some comments and share it with your friends. Let's get the comments and the uh, the information out there. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I'll base in some love to you all. See you next time.